What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play. It is me, your boy, Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-hosts, Adam and Matt. What's up, everybody? I have returned. Got the uh, double Bs. Double Bs. Things have been crazy Brian's for me recently with, with the house and work's getting uh, getting busy, which is nice because when work is busy, that means you stay employed, which is always a good thing. Um, that money. So, yeah, we got to make that bread. We got to make that bread. But uh, I, I have returned. The NHL is fully in playoff mode at this point. Everybody's eyeing the Stanley Cup, but there's a lot of teams that have uh, work to still do. And we'll talk about that at the end of the episode after we go through our news cycle as we do here. But first, gentlemen, how are we doing? Boys, it is such a beautiful day. Oh, it was Such so nice out today. Beautiful oh my day. Gosh. I was like, oh. I, I, I recently bought this Phillies jersey, this Chris Chase Otley jersey for like 40 bucks. And uh, I've just been wearing it. Yeah, I know. Well, what a deal, garage right? sale like, find in, or, or what? No, my coworker was like, he, he bought this jersey when the Phillies were making their runs like back in 08 and 09. And right. he back then he was like three hundred pounds, and it was he's like five nine, five ten. Back then he was like three hundred. Now he's like one sixty. Lost all his weight, and it doesn't fit right. him. And it fits fits me perfectly, dude. I was gonna say, but you're not even close to three hundred or anything like that. Well, he was like five ten. Now I, you know, I'm six two, so it's like oh, okay. So it it, yeah. it works itself out. The height that makes sense. It balances you know? out the weight. See, that's 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 usually how it goes. I mean, that's you know, fucking way she goes, boys. (laughs) We lost all of our money. Is that the way she fucking goes? Hey, I told you (laughs) she goes or she doesn't go. Didn't go. Didn't go. (laughs) Way she goes. (laughs) Look, if if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched Trailer Park Boys, go appreciate yourself. Some Canadian comedy. Go watch Letter Kenny while you're at it, and then subsequently watch Shorzy. Fantastic shows. Canadian comedy is some of the best. I like it because it's super dry. That's like I I love that kind of humor in television. Uh, not as dry as like the English do it though. Like I don't oh, know English when are a to find breed. it funny. Yeah, I don't know when to find it funny when it's when it's the English. The Canadians at least are like dry with a uh, with like they don't have like a laugh track or anything like that. But it's like it's dry with. This is supposed to be a joke. Laugh at it. I, I digress. We're not going to get into all that. But Adam, how you been, buddy? Doing all right. Doing all right. Coming off of WrestleMania weekend. Exhausted. Uh, WrestleMania. Saw the hockey game last week. At uh, the, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins game, which was a lot of fun. Check that out on social still. <clears throat> they were playing uh, Providence. Ooh. Uh, the, the baby Bruins. Bruins. Little baby bears. It was a good game. Uh Little little chippy here and there. Got to see a fight. Ended up going to the shootout. Uh, Providence pulled it out. Boo. Good Boo, game. Providence. Boo. Um, good, good game. All on the socials. Check it out. Yeah, the AHL, the AHL is pretty good stuff. Um, I've Every time I go uh, to a Lehigh Valley Phantoms game, I always find myself pretty impressed with the product that I watch. So, Phantoms um, are yeah. doing pretty good this year. And the Phantoms are doing pretty good this year. You know, it, it really goes to, to the show that. Uh, I mean, I don't know. What are they in second right now in the A? I think they're in second. It's like a gander at the AHL standings, huh? Let's get some of that don't, going. Don't talk to me. How about that? <laughs> don't talk to me about the AHL standings. Uh, so they are currently in fifth in the Atlantic. 
Um, let's take a look at conference. They're sixth in the conference. Um, oh, so I, I don't know how far does the uh, the playoffs go in the A. As far as like know. months or pretty sure it's a similar NHL playoff. No, I mean like format. teams, like amount of teams that make the playoffs. I think it's is the it, same. Is it, eight, is it eight and eight? I think it's eight and eight. Okay, so right but, now they're 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 in a they're in a playoff spot. Um, they do it differently, is, which is though. Cool I think it's by percentage. I think it's point right. percentage. It's how they're ranked and not points. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of cool because the fans have been pretty bad for a pretty long time. So, uh, that's nice. Uh, I click your classic uh, first place team, the Hershey Bears, just still up there doing yeah, Hershey Bear things, doing, doing their things. Newcomer to the AHL, the Calgary Wranglers in first place yeah. in the West. Yeah, uh, that's that. That's one team. I still love Coachella the Coachella. F- yeah, yeah, they're in second. The Coachella yeah. Firebirds. I got I got a friend, a lady friend who uh, I grew up Ooh. with swimming. No, she's she's just a friend, but uh, we okay. grew up swimming together. And she met a guy, and they moved out west to La Quinta, which is like basically na- a neighbor town of Coachella. And she's like sent me Snapchats of a Firebirds game. I'm like, it's freaking in a AHL Isn't game cra- in the middle of the yeah. desert. I'm like, Isn't for it the crazy Seattle to think, to think about? Yeah. Is it crazy to think about a hockey game in Coachella Valley? It's like, what is an ice rink doing here? I guess if like you're struggling like to you know get AC in your apartment or your house or whatever, you could just go catch a Firebirds game. Should be colder in there, you know. Um, But we digress. Uh, Everything is great here, which is always good. Um, Not super great if you're a Philadelphia Phillies fan, um, but. Early. It's a very long baseball season. Everybody's got to take a deep breath. I had, I had a look. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm above it. I had a small panic attack. Right. We're going to be fine. Above it. Everything's okay. It's like the cheer. Uh, remember during the high school cheer, it's like be above it. Be be above it. I thought it was be aggressive. (laughs) It is be aggressive. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm almost positive like to be aggressive, and then they spell the word aggressive. I'm almost because yeah, it's be aggressive, b b aggressive, a g g r e s i v e. Yeah, I've never okay, heard yeah. the spelling part. Be of that, above it. What, would it. you go to church camp? What what was that cheer from? <laughs> what is that? Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> uh, just making new chance on the pod you know that's just the, uh, it's what we do it's what we do um all right well for, for those wondering if you're new to the podcast we are in fact an nhl podcast we talk about all oh, things really? hockey nhl included and a little bit of the ahl uh apparently uh but let's Ooh. go ahead and get into it we're gonna start the night off with chris letang playing his 1000th game in the nhl uh, Chris Letang was um, commemorated, I believe, two nights ago, so April 2nd from the recording of this podcast, um, honored by the Pittsburgh Penguins for playing his 1,000th NHL game. The 35-year-old defenseman hit the milestone against the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, joining teammates Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin as the only players to play at least 1,000 games with the Penguins, uh, which is kind of cool because you think about the Penguins organization, you think about the guys like you know Mario Lemieux and... Yormir Yager and, um, you know, guys like that. 
And it's crazy that those guys didn't play a thousand games for, for the Penguins, but you know, um, it goes to show how long of a core this has been with the three of them and the success that they've had in Pittsburgh. Uh, he made his NHL debut on October 5th of 2005, um, where he uh, played against the Flyers, uh, or, or sorry, 2006, where he played against the Flyers, and the uh, the Penguins won that game 4-0, um, and he had 17 shifts for 15 minutes of ice time that night. Um, so it's uh, it's an interesting callback that he played his 1,000th NHL game against the Flyers as well. Um, he is the 381st player, 40th active to reach 1,000 games in the NHL, uh, the 68th to play his first 1,000 games with one team. Uh, in his career, statistically, um, he has, I believe, he holds some records with the Penguins. Um, let me see here. Um. I had it. It was there. It's gone now. Where'd it go? Um, here we go. Um, in his career. Shit. What, what is happening here? Uh, yes, I he is uh, the most goals with 154, most assists with 532, and most points with 686 by a defenseman in Penguins history. Uh, so clearly, you know, uh, a Penguins life life are great, you know, just one of those classic guys. Um, and a thousand games with one organization is nothing to scoff at. So that's, that's awesome as well. Um, and congratulations to Chris Letang on a fantastic career. Uh, do you guys have, I mean, I know Matt does, uh, do you have guys have any lasting memories of Chris Letang? I know I do. Um, oh. I always, I always thought he was a pest for the longest time. Uh, hated playing against him or watching the flyers play against him. Uh, he was always a great lockdown defenseman and did a really good job of locking down some good Flyers teams over the years. So um, definitely frustrating to watch him, but man, what a great career, uh, career he did have. Um, I my, my Chris Letang is a tale of two halves. My first oh. half is when he had the long girl hair, like the long Yeah, he had the uh, Chris Letang flow. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was a flow. It was like, you know, great. It's like it was okay, straight female hair, and I was like, I need, uh. I need to see this. And then the other half was, um, <laughs> yeah, the other half was short hair Latang, which is you know, consisted the the good storylines of like the st- overcoming the strokes and stuff. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, not even yeah. I totally totally forgot about that. Yeah. So oh. he, yeah, he's a warrior. Total that war. happened twice in his career, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, crazy to think that he's still playing after having two strokes in a playing career. Like, the, yeah. there's definitely there has to be no doubt in anyone's mind that he he probably debated retiring at some point just because of the the health issues. But you know, good on him to what Matt said, be a warrior and keep coming back and playing professional hockey. Adam, do you have any? Uh, I mean, I guess you you probably do considering the Stanley Cup final that you you witnessed um you got any, I got any chris letang hate in you i can't recall anything letang did during that run so really? I, I can't say that i do I, I also have the memory of a goddamn goldfish so i mean eh, that's that's true <laughs> you never you like, never were like shit i wish he didn't shut down hurdle on this fast break or marlo over here was Marlo, see, this this is how bad my memory is because I don't know if Marlowe was a part of that team. 
Was, he was. He was you had the whole. You had the whole gambit. You had Pavelski, Marlowe, Thornton. It was. I, it was their I last. It. it was their last year as a threesome. That that extra okay. Yeah, no, that that. I'm pretty sure that was their last year as as a as a uh, trio. Uh, of course, the plaque that is hanging in front of me doesn't have a year. There you go. See, he can read, folks. It's a it's a miracle. <laughs> I hope I can read. I, I made the graphics for this podcast. I hope I have the ability to read. Please count. <laughs> Oh, um, but I can't think of anything specific, Chris Letang. Any hate is just generic penguin hate, and even that's pretty. Uh, Nothing wrong with generic mild. penguin hate. I will never judge generic penguin hate. Um, my my one coworker, uh, who's from the Pittsburgh area, he he is a Penguins fan. He's a big hockey guy, so he's like an actual Penguins fan. He told me something really funny the other day. Uh, Cause I was asking him like, how do you feel like being in a playoff hunt where you like, you might not wind up in the playoffs for like the first time in kind of a while for penguins fans. And he was like, look, I have this theory that when you win a Stanley cup, you can't bitch about your team for the next five years. And I watched them win two and they were back to back. So I can't bitch for another 10 years after that has happened. So I won't bitch. And I was that's, like, you want to know what? Fuck yeah. Fair. I'm that's on board. That is fair. Cause Really, those ten years are going to be them rebuilding the core. Yeah, and then and then you be my guest and bitch all you want. Yeah. Um, but like every time I asked him like a question about the Penguins this year, like especially about the you know the Hextall situation that they're going through, having a horrendous uh, uh, person to have at the lead of your organization, he was like, "Look, can't can't bitch for another uh, so uh, years, you know." So. It, it's hockey, and I was like, I this is I don't know if I'm frustrated by this or if I respect it, you know? Because <laughs> like, there's you have you have to respect it, right? He's he's being very you know, um, objective as a as a hockey fan. He's like, look, I got to watch two championships, I got to watch a dynasty of a team, I got to be a fan of that. I'm not gonna turn around right when the team starts to struggle because that old core has gotten older and start bitching and complaining. Honestly, it's I think more sports fans should take up that take. Um, now, am I going to be one of those people that takes that high road? Absolutely fucking not. Okay, I am a menace to society, and I'm going to stay that way. Uh, but everybody else, you go right ahead. Um, you take the high road, me. You take the high road all you want. I'm I not will as continue. good as you. I'm not. As good I'm as not. You. <laughs> I'm not as good as you people, and I'm proud of oh you for God. being that good. I'm not one of you. Okay, I'm just a. I'm a pleb amongst you okay um but hey congratulations to chris tang on one hell of a career you frustrated the hell out of me you frustrated the hell out of matt you frustrated the hell out of most flyers fans but respect where it is due you have one hell of a career and being able to battle back and continue to play in the nhl after having two strokes in your playing career is nothing short of uh extraordinary so congratulations to you on a thousand games uh to move forward and funny enough Bring the AHL right back up. If you thought hey. that this was an NHL podcast, boy, are you fucking wrong. This is an the AHL podcast, podcast, boys. Uh, this is just hockey all over the place. Um, Scott Housen, the president of the AHL, four or five different teams have come forward and asked uh, for him to be replaced. According to Darren Dredger on Twitter, quote, Scott Housen's future as president slash CEO of the American Hockey League remains in limbo this morning. NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly is involved in discussions with club executives. Four to five teams have pushed for Housen to be replaced. Uh, NHL is uh, was unaware until recently. Uh, apparently, this is all due to um, 
uh, his uh, during his tenure, they these uh, four to five teams that have come forward said, uh, quote, um, he is not providing the necessary support and guidance for their players development, which obviously the AHL is supposed to be first things first, a developmental league for uh, possible NHL talent. So that's something that obviously they want to put in the forefront of the league. What do you guys think about this situation where these teams have come forward and say that he's not doing the things to support player development? I'm not quite sure what, as the president of the AHL, you could really do to support player development. Isn't that very much an organizational thing, right? I just don't know, like, I, I want to get you guys' opinion on that. How? What do you, like, think the president of the league could do for player development, you know? Is it is it like quality of arenas or you know? I think I think they're just complaining there's just too many lifers in the AHL. Like there's just too many like guys who play long AHL careers but never even feather the pros just because they just aren't can't get to that speed or that level of intensity. Yeah, but that's going to happen in almost any major sport, right? I mean, there's minor league lifers in baseball. There's full there's full G League European lifers in basketball, right? The only one that that, that really doesn't have a minor league system is is football. But like, there there are lifelong players in pretty much any major sport that involves a minor league development system, right? Maybe I feel like hockey's a little bit more on the like, like intenser side of it maybe right like they kind of want people to graduate to the pros rather than just stay in the the ahl and -hmm. like you got guys like you know the flyers have their captain uh i mean the phantoms have their captain garrett wilson who's been a absolute lifer in the ahl like well and their former captain cal o'reilly brother of ryan o'reilly that's i mean that's an uh, ahl lifer right there right yeah so um yeah, I just think they kind of just want people to graduate to the pros more rather than just finding a way that, you know, stay in the AHL, maybe. I hear you, but but what like, what would you do about something like that? Like, a guy has, like, a seven-year AHL career, and, you know, he's played well enough to stay in the AHL and maybe bounce around a few teams here and there, but just hasn't uh, been able to graduate into the NHL. Are you going to, like, set – year limits like if you play if you can't graduate for a certain amount of time to the nhl in five years you can't play in the a or maybe like a pay pay hit like uh if you become a a a lot if you become like a a 10 year like you know like teachers get like 10 year if you become like a certain law a certain age experienced in the ahl it's like your income stays at like this yeah you have like a pay cap right yeah yeah maybe i I mean that's kind of rude because it's like these guys are trying to make a living off playing professional hockey and they get what they get and it's like it's taking food out of their you know their mouths and but sure uh, and you want to you kind of want to respect the the lifers in your league that have been you know punching in day in day out giving blood sweat and tears to the league that you run uh so i don't know if i could see something like that happening but i understand what you're saying because i feel like hockey culturally has always been a 
and I mean, you know, playing playing when I was young, um, it's either you have it or you don't. You're either going to make the team or you're not going to make the team. You're going to sit or you're going to play. Um, it's been it's a very black and white kind of situation. And, you know, these these long term players in the AHL are are a huge gray area for the league. So that could be something that they're that they're talking about. Adam, what about you? Do you have any thoughts on on what they could be arguing he hasn't done enough of? Uh, I was actually, while you guys were talking, I was trying to research more and see if there's anything developing out of this, because I think this is about a week old from what I'm seeing. About um, a week ago. Yeah. Um, so I was just curious to see if any more news might have come out of this. And about, when did this thing on Reddit come up? Uh, four days ago, a quote from Elliot Friedman on 32 Thoughts talking about the situation. Um, and I'll just read the first little paragraph here um, on the Housen incident. One NHL executive said that anyone eventually wishing to replace Bettman as NHL commissioner should be watching what is happening with AHL president Scott Housen. This is about power and control, the exec- executive said. Housen replaced Dave Andrews, who led the league for 26 years with an iron fist. One of the problems is that some owners hope to have some more say once Andrews retired and Fisher's developed when Housen wasn't so easily pliable. Um, so it almost seems not so much a a player issue, like the, the players aren't being developed. It just seems like teams want a little more control over themselves and whatever is happening internally isn't going the way they want. Right. What that could be, I don't know. Um, some of the speculations in the um, the Reddit uh, comments is it seems like, and this was my initial thought, that a lot of the teams that are raising these issues are teams that are possibly struggling and are looking to kind of push blame somewhere else and not so much on themselves. Like, oh, we're losing and our, our attendance is low. Therefore, it's the league's problem, not ours. Like, we're doing everything we're supposed to. Why? Why? Why are we so bad? Um, yeah, which... I mean, the the deeper I dug as well, the more I realized that they were not divulging what teams uh, came. That to. was also what I was looking to see who was yeah. actually complaining. Um, there was no names that I could see, unfortunately. But uh, and I could totally I, I could totally see what you're saying, though. Uh, I got I got I to think that the AHL probably isn't a great, um, you know, autonomy uh doesn't have great autonomy as far as um ownership in the yeah. areas i'm assuming it's probably pretty pretty strict all things uh you know considered that way but you know i for me specifically i feel like you you can't always assume that when an ownership change is happening that you're going to have a better say in it because like you've been an owner in the AHL longer than the president of the AHL has been in office right and I think that that's something that that could prove to be an issue in any um, sports league. To be honest with you, you know. That's and the other thing, I mean, the other thing to look at, which I didn't even realize in that same comment section, people were talking right. about. There's a lot of NHL owners that also own their minor league affiliates. Mm-hmm. So then that kind of broadens your your look of like, all right, what owners own both clubs? And both clubs have terrible prospect pools. 
Because if they're specifically talking about player development, there's a few teams I could think of that had really quality players that just for whatever reason didn't develop or just don't have deep prospect pools. Boston could be one of them. The only difference being that Boston is doing really well, and so is Providence. So right. I don't know where that whole thing lies. It, it's it's a weird thing. We're, we're in weird times in the world in general, and I feel like <laughs> this is just one of those weird, like, we, we slipped into a weird reality for the AHL, and I don't know what the hell is going on. I mean, when it when it comes down to it, it pro- is it probably just about you know politics, basically within the league? I guarantee probably, you it is, right? I guarantee you because because I gotta tell you, when you see ownership being like the president of the league isn't doing enough for player development, you're like, did you just pull a buzzword out of your ass to complain about? What is he gonna yeah. do about your player development? That makes no sense. Uh, it definitely strikes me as something that could just be internal politics within the league. And, you know, so be it. I'm interested to see if the, the league decides the, to keep housing or to move on. The only thing I can think of, and I actually kind of, I mentioned this to Fish when we were talking about me going to the game last week, is uh, the, the lack of kind of like inter-conference play. Like, these guys are playing the same got people over and over and over again. So you're not necessarily like, developing different problem-solving skills, for lack of a better way of putting it. Like, you you know how every player on every team is going to operate probably after playing them two or three times, I would assume. Like, you, you kind of get a feel for where things are going. So the argument could be that, you know, you're stifling these players' adaptability because you, you're making them play the same teams over and over and over again all season long instead of doing a cross-conference kind of play where you can get a feel for how the Western Conference plays. Like they right. say in the NHL, the West plays a lot different than they do in the East. Right. So they I'm, say, I'm assuming that's probably the same in the A. You would think. I mean, yeah, we wouldn't know because we never see the West. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean... We we don't nev- we don't necessarily know the uh, the specifics and you know we might never know but we'll definitely see if the AHL finds itself a new president here after the season uh, that'll be an interesting story to follow to keep moving forward here with some news the New York Rangers have officially extended Philip Heedle for a four year contract at four point four million four AAV more four um, more years four more years uh, Philip Heedle uh, was drafted by the Rangers in two thousand seventeen and he's played for them pretty much since. Uh, 2018 full time. This is his best year points production wise. Uh, 69 games, nice. Uh, 22 nice. goals, 22 assists for 44 points, and a plus 18. This is by far his best statistical year in the NHL. And you could say it's because of the situations that he's been able to put himself in. He's on a better line now. I believe he's getting power play minutes too. Um, yeah, he's got five power play goals on the year. Um. And uh, f- uh, no, he's got three power play goals, five power play points. Uh, usually when you surround yourself with more talented players, you're probably going to have more success. So good on him to get that four-year extension. Uh, and honestly, a pretty good piece for the Rangers to keep around. I'm not sure specifically um, what line he's on. Isn't he part of the kid line or am I? I think he stupid. is. Let me just take a look here on Daily Faceoff. 
Um, me yep, too. he's on the Lafreniere and Kako line. So he's yeah. the center. He's the center of two really talented young kids. He's, he himself is a he's pretty the middle guy, child, so. if you will. Yeah, he's uh, he's very much the middle child. No, I think he's the oldest because it went Heedle, no, Kako, Lafreniere. No, right? Yes, but big. He's the center, which plays in the middle. I get of it. I get the it. Kid he's the kid line. Center. Blah blah blah. The I, kid I, I, line. Like, Listen, these are um, advanced jokes on April Fool's. These are this, my friend. This isn't just any kind of stupid. This is advanced, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> that's my brand. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the Rangers' third line, but that's one hell of a third line to have. There's a lot of talent there, a lot of youth, which is great to have in any organization. So, solid for him to get four years on a pretty rising organization right now, if not rising into a uh, a high plateau type of ceiling right now. Uh, good for him and good for the organization to get that four-year deal done. Um did you did you guys like was this on the horizon for any of you guys? Because I this kind of caught me out of the blue. I mean, obviously, I'm not a, a Rangers fan by any means, so I'm not um I'm not checking what contracts they need to get done on a daily basis. But to me, four years at four and a half for a pretty solid young talent ain't a bad deal. No, it's pretty good. You know, they want to solidify solid. their lines and. He figured uh, four years is a good simple size to uh, get the other contract. So uh, I think they're ready to make uh, some playoff noise, those Rangers. And and as we know, and we've talked about incessantly almost, center depth wins championships. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the closest things to goaltending that can win you a Stanley Cup. And you look down the four centers that they have here, Mika Zibanejad, Vincent Trocek, Philip Heedle, and Barkley Goodrow, uh, even if they let um, Vincent Trocek walk, that's a. I mean, Mika Zibanejad, Philip Heedle, and Barkley Goodrow are three solid NHL centers to have on your roster. So, definitely a, a, a solid way to solidify yourself up the middle for the uh, the Blue Coats. Um, Adam, what about you? Do you think that, did this kind of catch you off guard? And also, do you think this is kind of a, a steal for this organization? I would say it caught me off. I mean, it caught me off guard in the sense that I didn't realize that was a contract that they had to sign. Um, but now I think it makes sense. Right now, it seems like it could be a bit of a steal, depending on if he continues to kind of um, grow and uh, continue to do what he's been doing this season for the duration of this contract. So we'll see what happens. Um, I definitely think it's a good move because I don't foresee them getting back a few of these guys that they have to re-sign. Um, right. Because Tarasenko's up at the end of the year. Kane is up at the end of the year. Lafreniere is an RFA at the end of the year, which that's going to be big money. So that could be why they want to do this now. Get that out of the way so they can just focus all on locking up Lafreniere for however long he's going to sign for Right, and you you could argue that it's almost a uh, kind of a, a 4D chess kind of play to be like, hey, we signed your center. If you like the line that you're on right now, you're having a pretty good year. Mm-hmm. We signed your center. I would want to stay if I were you. You know, that could be a very 4D chess kind of move. It's uh, possible, the Rangers yeah. organization. It makes sense. Not I mean, that's kind of... They win a cup, too. Right, and that's, some, that's sometimes the way that these organizations think is is in-depth like that, you know? That's what you um, gotta do, though. I wish I employed that more when I played chill. I just gonna wait right. till the end of the year and sign everybody, and I'm like, oh no, 
10 million dollars right, I mean, this guy you look at it you're a player you're having a pretty good year on a pretty good team an up-and-coming team too like a team that's going to be successful for a couple of years uh ahead yeah. here and the team locks up your center who was uh, was he on a contract year or is it just an extension uh i think he was on a contract year yeah yes, so he they was. go at, they go ahead and sign your center and you know you enjoy playing with them you like the line that you're on you're going to you're going to definitely think about when you move forward into free agency you're definitely going to think about re-signing with the rangers because yeah. they have a guy you like playing with so that's always the kind of stuff that i find interesting when it comes to these late season signings and extensions and stuff is like what kind of what kind of board game are we playing here, guys? Are we playing simple checkers, or are you thinking down the line here for your other pieces? So, definitely something that I enjoy tracking as the season goes on. But uh, good for both uh, the player and the team to getting that done. Uh, speaking of player and team, a huge NHL debut happened this uh, this last week. Devin Levi, the uh, stud from the major juniors for Team Canada, gets his NHL debut with the Buffalo Sabers. Originally drafted in the 2020 NHL entry draft by the Florida Panthers in the seventh round gets his NHL debut with the Buffalo Sabres um, winning the game, making 31 saves on 33 shots, giving up two goals and playing the entire game uh, and, and not just playing the entire game, but going into overtime in that game, having the uh, having the strength to get through it and win it in overtime as a goaltender is always good. Uh, so that's that's really cool that he got to you know 21 years old got to make his NHL debut. That's I couldn't I couldn't even begin to imagine when I was 21 years old getting a an NHL debut and having that kind of uh, being that kind of guy that that gets that gets to do that. But awesome for the Buffalo organization too. I mean that was something we've been talking about all year. The team seems solid, but they do they have long-term goaltending to match what this long-term plan looks like as far as the team in front of the goalie. I totally forgot they had this guy um, just in the woodworks ready to come up. And and here he is. And let's also not forget Buffalo, who we all thought two weeks ago was dead in the water. It was a fun little run there, but they weren't going to, you know, make any more noise as the season went forward is making the noise. I might add, we're about to get into the playoff talk here. But how are you guys feeling about the Devin Levi uh, uh, debut here? Do you think that this is the the Sabres coming out party being like, that's right, we have a young, talented goaltender too. We're sticking around for years to come. Watch for this offseason where we're going to start making moves to improve as a team. I think it's small sample size when you talk about him actually, you know, what he can do. I mean, you, there's a lot of other goalies who are kind of – not in the same predicament, but, you know, same predicament, like making this NHL starts, you know, getting late season work in on a, on a team that's already kind of, you know, getting, trying to push for something. Um, I mean, hey, he won. They seem happy about it, but, you know, it's just one game. I hear you, but, you know, given the sample size of the, the World Juniors, his start with the Sabres, the way he's played internationally, I don't see a reason to not get excited about this guy. I mean, when Carter Hart played for Team Canada in the World Juniors and got one start for the Flyers, we were freaking the fuck out because he looked incredible. They yeah, have he every was also right number to be like... What? He was also number, what, eight on the 13 mark? Oh, what, for goalies that season? We had 13 goalies start yeah. that year? 
And I yes, think Carter that, was like, that is or true. Eight. That is true. But he played really well and we all got really excited. And, you know, Devin Levi played really well. And so the Sabres organizations get excited. I'm just happy for the Sabres organization because this feels like they've just been painfully bad for so long. It's just good for you guys getting a little bit. Yeah. Like good for you guys. Just being able to get a little bit excited about something, you know, I'm, I'm all there for it uh, because Lord knows you're not going to get it from the bills. You remember those four Super Bowls in a row that they lost in the nineties. I just pain in Buffalo. If you talk to a lot of uh, Buffonians, if you want to, if you want to call them. Buffalonians, if you will. Buffalonians. Um, I believe they call themselves the wings. They're, they're, they're just wing people. They're, uh, they, they, no they probably believe in the 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 uh, Bills more than mm. they believe in the Sabres. But then again, they're oh, owned I by mean, the same family. Bye. So. Yeah, I mean, probably. But, like, I feel like Buff- – I feel like because you're right, the same family owns both teams. I feel like what's going on there in Buffalo is some sort of mafia type of deal. I don't really want to go digging too deep because wanna, I'm afraid I might end wanna, up dead. You don't want to <laughs> step into the Pagula family. You don't. You don't. The Penn and, Staters, uh, those Pagulas. Yeah, the Pagulas, Penn State's uh, Penn State's finest. Um, Adam, what about you? Are you, uh, you interested about what they have here in Devin Levi moving forward? Um, I was definitely intrigued so much so that I kind of, I didn't, I don't want to say I went out of my way, but I was forced to go out of my way to watch this game because NHL streaming rights are god awful. And that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. Uh, well, but I did that watch, in the off season. Don't worry about it. This, uh, I, I did, uh, watch this game specifically so I could watch Devin Levi's debut. And I'll be honest, I felt like he wasn't really tested. Very often in that game, I don't think it was really until the third period that he was really starting to, you know, get tested by the Rangers. I don't know if that was because of them being tired. I believe they were just coming off of a a game the night before, which granted, sure. I I don't know if they were home that game or what. Um, I I had heard something about a back-to-back and they were traveling to Buffalo from New York, which isn't, (laughs) that's not a travel. That's a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of just a quick car trip. It it did feel like he wasn't tested very much during that game, but it was still a very good showing for him. And I was curious to see if he was starting or if he had started another game. And when we're recording this, he's currently in net in the Buffalo Florida game, where he has currently stopped twenty four of twenty five shots in about we'll say a period and a half of action maybe not even because uh, i think the, the second might have just started when i was yeah the, actually the second just ended so oh it just um, ended okay their, so in they're two in periods, their second intermission yeah in two periods so in two periods 24 of 25 so it's looking pretty good and what i didn't realize until recently is this was a trade acquisition for the buffalo mm-hmm. Sabres. it wasn't a draft and they picked him up for sam reinhardt yeah yeah, um, that was that was a pickup because uh, he originally got drafted by the uh, the Panthers, right? Yes. Yeah. So you know the so Panthers they... were in a situation where they had Levi and uh, Spencer Knight, so I guess they chose their guy. Um, but hey, and look at where we're on... at now. I mean, fantastic on Buffalo to get uh to get a goalie like that because that's I guess they they knew that moving forward they were going to need that that young stud in net. And it, who knows? They might have one. They might not. Obviously, you know, the odds are what they it's, are for, for those types of it's things. It's looking pretty good, though. 
it's it's definitely it's look it's looking promising which is which is great for this organization because they've just been so bad for so long and let's not forget that right now they're kind of in the thick of the wild card hunt Mm -hmm. so let's go ahead and and wrap up the episode with some playoff talk here before we move on we have to talk about the the quote that came up of his uh his in-between meditation method oh yes yes uh, for <laughs> those of you that didn't that. see those of you that didn't see um while the ice was being cleaned uh during a tv timeout he was uh away from the crease because they were cleaning his crease out a bit and he got on his uh, like down on his knees but not like normal goaltender where the pads are flared out like the pads were face down on the ice and he kind of like sat back on his feet and like had his head down looking very much like qui-gon jinn in Phantom Menace, when uh, when the Ray Shield was between him and Darth Maul, for mm-hmm. all you all you Star Wars fans out there, uh, looking very Duel of Fates. I saw a TikTok today where it was that, and they were playing the Duel of Fates song from that scene, and I was like, "Shit, I'm I mean, I might be a Devin Levi fan, to be honest with you." And hope he's a Star Wars guy, but um, go ahead with go ahead with the quote, Adam. I, I have to find it now, but I know for a fact you say that's what it reminded you of. That's mm-hmm. what it's based on. I love it. I love it. I I can't find it. Might have been on. Instagram I'm I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt right now. You know, like that. Like I am a massive Star Wars guy. Hold on, I gotta look at. I gotta look at this. Up. I gotta look this up. If I, I could see. type. Oh, here, Devin Levi on a Star Wars inspired routine had his first TV time out of World Juniors and said, "I didn't know what to do. I was like, do I go to the bench? Do I stay here?" I just sat down and started breathing, and it became a routine, and I loved it. Nice. Um, coaches who work with him describe him as charismatic, said it is derived from his and his father's shared love of Star Wars? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Ghost Sabers. Huh? How about it? Devin Levi, you have yourself a fan. Um, I know I root against you in the World Juniors, because, you know, Go states, these colors don't run, but like you got a fan now. All right. And like I look these are the kind of players the league needs. Like these, I mean, goalies are characters. Like we know this. I mean, look at Bryant. He's a character through and through, and we love him for it. Um but like these are the players that we want that can connect to their fan base, to the NHL fan base, that can be relatable for lack of a better way of putting it. So I mean, granted, yes. I mean, you know, a Flyers fan isn't necessarily going to root for a New York team, but like a random Look, casual as long as it's fan, not the Rangers, you know, and you know how long it took me in my life to find out that Buffalo was in the state of New York. I had no fucking idea. I thought it was in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> look, I was look, I was what? not a geography kid. All right. It took me to at least fourth or fifth Where'd grade to find out were? that it was in New York. I don't know. It was just Buffalo. I didn't know what that meant. Well, Okay. Yeah. Well, it's like yeah. I I consider the same thing. Like I kind of knew New New England was like in a state. I just I couldn't tell you where it was. I knew that New England was in the north because of all the snow, but that's all I really had. Yeah. Same goes for Buffalo. Your Buffalo is my New England. (laughs) Well, I mean anything anything kind of in that upper part of New York State. Yeah. Where like you look at a map and the state is basically Canada. Yeah, if this if if where you live in the United States, if where you live in the United States is above the 49th parallel, you're basically Canadian as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you are. 
I don't know what to tell you. You're more north than Toronto. Like that's that's weird, right? If you're in the United States and you're more northern than Toronto, and you're not Alaska, you know that's come on. Is that not weird to anybody else? Uh, I, I, you know what? I can see the logic. I can see the I logic. Legit, I legit thought sad. Buffalo. I thought Buffalo was in Canada. I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, this, oh I was like, I was like oh, nine. Okay, I was like nine or ten. I was, you know, going. I don't know if that's early. embarrassing to say or not. Like for those, I, I, I mean, it should be. It should be embarrassing. For those of you that listen to the episode and get to this part, please oh, on our man. socials, go ahead in the comment section. And let me know when you figured out geography as a child. I'm right? gonna, like, when did you figure out Buffalo this. was in the state of yeah, New York? Yeah, when did you know that Buffalo was in New York? And it was also when did you know you in don't the United know States? <laughs> Look, I had like as a kid, I had this this eating uh mat that was the country, okay. but it only had the capitals and, and the states. It didn't ah, have other yes. cities, right? Buffalo is not the capital of New York, and for good reason. No offense, Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be look at what the look at what the Bills do at their games. Yeah, I, look, I would, I love nothing more than how Buffalo Bills fans tailgate, fucking tailgate on you, psychopaths. I love every second of it coming from an Eagles fan. Throw me through a table if there's ever a time, any that. season. If there's any time through a season where, like, say the Eagles don't make the playoffs, but the Bills do, fucking go Bills. Send me through a table and douse me in, ma- in mustard and ketchup. Okay, have you well, seen the psychopaths like with the condiments? My 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 friends or who are my neighbors went up when the Eagles played. So they they won in twenty seventeen. So twenty eighteen, the year after they won the Super Bowl, they went up to New England. The Eagles played in Buffalo, and they went up and tailgated. And it was just, you know, your typical Buffalo day, just gloomy. Cold as shit, snowy, yeah. Waning sideways. It's like, and they're just out there tailgating with the Bills fans who are just. Lovely Buffalo, New York. Crazy. (laughs) They're one of a kind up there. And I want that to be Buffalo Sabres hockey. I want to go to a Sabres tailgate where it's just as psychotic, but you're seeing the goat head everywhere. It will be so miserable, miserable, but I mean, so is tailgating a Bills game. I mean, come on. Oh, that's a lot more fun. A lot more people. I see. But the, here's people. the thing. If the, if the Sabres become good based off of a good young goaltender, a solid yeah, team but in front still of them, won't Tage be, Thompson, Alex Tuck. Look, I was just at. Compared to a Bills tailgate. I was just at Flyers, Bill, uh, Flyers Sabres on Friday. Uh, no, yeah, and no, no, no. and watch the Sabers fully throttle the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, watch the Alex Tuck hat trick, that was super duper. The the Sabers fans that traveled and there was a surprising amount, they were having a blast. They were into it. They got excited. It was cool to see. Um, you know, so that's an organization that's you know kind of fun to watch come come up on the up and up. I didn't even think Sabers fans really existed. You know, so it's cool to see. It really is. I saw a guy in a true uh, old red uh, goat head CCM Danny Briere jersey in line. And I was like, now that's how you play the line right there. You got Danny Briere, but you're a Sabres fan. And I fucking respect it. He was in my section. It was kind of cool. Um, you know, and that look, I watching them firsthand. They can skate. That is a fast team. And 
Maybe the Flyers are just that fucking bad. I'm not getting on this tangent again. Um, (laughs) But, hey, good on them for finding a good young goaltender. Let's get into some playoff talk here, guys. Uh, So, obviously, you know, the top of the East, the top six in the East is established. That is sign-stamped and sealed. Uh, The Carolina Hurricanes, New Jersey Devils, and New York Rangers round out the top three in the Metro. The Boston Bruins, Toronto Maple Leafs, and Tampa Bay Lightning round out the top three in the Atlantic. However, that wild card race is fucking ridiculous. I'm going to name the the, kind of the four teams that really are in the thick of things. Uh, One you could argue is on the outside looking in, but they don't have the games in hand, and we'll get into that. But uh, the New York Islanders currently in that first wild card spot with 87 points, 78 games played, so they have four left. The Penguins are behind them only by one point with 86 77 games played so they got five games in hand one extra on the islanders um they find themselves in that second wild card spot uh outside looking in here the florida panthers with 85 points only two back of the islanders one back of the penguins also at 77 games played so they got uh, they got five left and the buffalo sabers who we were just talking about there as well uh with 81 points and you, you're seeing that kind of jump in points you're like oh they're they're out of it. Here's the thing. They have the most games in hand out of anybody in this in this uh in this hunt here in the east down the stretch. They have 75 games played, which means they have seven games left to play moving forward in the year here. And if they're able to beat the Panthers tonight and, you know, not only jump closer to them, but take a a win away from a direct opponent in this wild card race, that's massive. Um, so this uh, Eastern hunt here is going to be really interesting to watch as we get down the stretch here. Can Buffalo win enough in a row to jump these teams because they have enough games in hand? Can the Islanders hold on? They're on a, they're on a two loss streak right now, kind of on, on a little bit of a slide. Can the Florida Panthers keep winning at the rate they're winning at with three in a row? Um, you could talk about the Ottawa Senators if you wanted to. They're at 80 points with 77 games played though. Only have five. Uh, even if they win all five, they would get 10 points, yes, but it's not looking like that's going to be the case here for the Sens. But, I mean, I think the Senators had a, a decent enough year to kind of look ahead and be like, hey, we could probably make something of this and to kind of keep pushing forward. Um, as far as the Eastern Conference is concerned, what are you guys leaning more towards watching? What's got you more excited about this wild card uh, situation here in the East? I'm I'm loving watching uh Pittsburgh falter. They're down four nothing to New Jersey tonight. Jesus, yeah, Jesus. So um, I don't know, man. It's these old teams like the Islanders and Penguins. I think they might get flip flopped. They're just Maybe. hanging around, man. Yeah, like, like you're thinking that Florida and Buffalo catch them both. <laughs> it's really looking like it. It really is, especially when you look at the little the little streak thing there on the end of of the of the standings. There's an L two next to the Islanders. There's only there's a W one next to the Penguins, but next to Florida and Buffalo, there's a W three W two. There are clearly the hot teams, and there's clearly the not hot teams here. And honestly, if you're the Islanders, the Penguins, you're kind of shaking a little bit here. No doubt about it, man. It's especially the coming days, like. You could see it happen. These two teams flip flop. Boom, boom. Right. I I would I kind of would love it to be honest with you, but that you know, coming from a Flyers fan who doesn't like the Islanders or the Penguins, 
Uh, but Adam, what about you? What are you kind of looking at here with this Eastern Conference uh, wild card situation? It's it's definitely a wild card, that's for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's pure insanity out east. Um, I'm definitely looking at Buffalo. Uh, there there's something there. I, I don't know if they'll be able to pull it off, but I think if Levi keeps having the 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 showing that he has been over these next five games, seven games. Math. Um, over the next seven games, um, it'll definitely be uh, a fun watch. Florida, I don't know. I feel like they're gonna they're gonna peter out, which is kind of what I feel like with Pittsburgh and the Island, uh, the Islanders rather. <laughs> the Island. The um, Island. I'm thinking so you, Long Island. That's why. You think all three of those teams are gonna kind of whimper into the playoffs? I honestly, I think. Any of the four, New York, Pittsburgh, Florida, and Buffalo are going to whimper into the playoffs because I, it, it's going to be a dogfight going down the stretch. Um, I definitely think Buffalo has the edge because of those seven games in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's massive for them. They just have to make sure that they continue to play strong and hope that you know nothing crazy happens going down the those remaining seven. But I. <laughs> I still feel like Pittsburgh's going to Pittsburgh. Right. That's just that's just my gut. Um, I don't think they're going to yeah. be able to do it much longer. Uh, Florida, I feel like if they make it in, they're going to be a, a pretty easy out in the playoffs. I don't think they're as strong as they were last season, um, which is kind of why I don't really see them doing too much. And I think right. the math might favor New York just a little bit where they'll be able to kind of squeak in without having to worry too much about anything else other than their, um, their first round opponent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's hard to not look at the penguins and what they've done, at least in recent history and be like, yeah, penguins are going to penguin. They're probably going to wind up in the playoffs, but I, I really, I really think that Florida is going to make a push here and we're going to be looking at a Florida Buffalo last two here. I'm looking ahead of, of, at Buffalo's schedule, currently tied 1-1 going into the third uh, against Florida. They got at Detroit, which Detroit's a tough team, but definitely a winnable game. And then they go back to they go back to back to back against the top three teams in the East. They go Carolina, Rangers, Devils. <laughs> That's basically the fucking gauntlet. Like, yeah, they have yeah. the most games in hand in the East. But three of those seven are against the top three teams in the Eastern Conference. You know how which shut is, down teams. Which are and they're all shut down teams. They'll all not only outscore you, but prevent you from scoring. So I'm interested to see one, how they perform as, you know, a goal scoring team. Can they put up enough points against these teams to get a win? And two, do they go ahead with uh, you know, say uh, Devin Levi stays strong tonight and gets another W and goes two and zero in his NHL career? Do you say fuck it and ride the hot hand? I, I'm going to make a bold prediction. I like it. Whoever wins Buffalo, Florida tonight when we're recording this is going to be the team that makes it into the wild card. Woo! Uh, and you think one of the other teams will be um, the other teams going to be Pittsburgh out. or New York? Yeah. Okay. I can't. This is a little spicy. I like that. I like that. Um, personally, I think it's going to be Florida and Buffalo. I think New York and Pittsburgh are both going to get lapped here. I kind of lean on the side with Matt know. here. Matt, is that your prediction as well? 
Seems that way. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good, leaning that way. Good look at the fact that the Islanders actually have good goaltending. Might right. save them, but... So does Pittsburgh, I though. I hope not. I mean, it's not like great Pittsburgh. compared to the other three, but... Pittsburgh does Casey have great Smith? Yeah. Is Dan Jury just come back? Yeah, but hasn't he been out for, like, a month or two? Uh, Devin Levi hasn't played an NHL game all season. He's about to go 2-0. That's true, but he's young and dumb <laughs> enough to fuck around and accidentally win some games, you know? Well, so are we, and here we are, so listen. <laughs> That's what the Flyers did to stick us in the seventh spot in the in the draft. Hey, thanks, guys. Well done. Um, yeah, the lotto could swing your way. Yeah, it won't. Um, <laughs> but look, that's, that's just a tough stretch here down the line, so definitely look at... Hey, you gotta look at opponents, obviously. Um... Because the fact that they're playing those three at the end of the year means that the other three teams in the hunt are not playing those teams, you know, right? So definitely going to be interesting to kind of keep track as to who the opponents are and how that kind of sways this uh, wild card here. But obviously, the Eastern Conference, as we've stated, is an absolute um, cat uh, cattle shoot. We don't know what's going to happen here. Uh, but let's talk about the West. The West hasn't technically figured itself out yet in the top six, so... In the Central, both Dallas and Minnesota have clinched their playoff berths. Colorado has yet to clinch, though. Um, And in the Pacific, those three are decided. Vegas, Los Angeles, and Edmonton are in there. Uh, But that Colorado situation, there is a chance that Seattle could catch up to them still. Seattle has 92 points in that first wildcard spot right now. Seattle's in the Pacific, so they can't. Oh, sorry. Winnipeg, I meant. that's. I believe it's Winnipeg I was talking about. Yes. Um, mobby folks. Um, but Winnipeg could realistically still catch them here, so they have yet to clinch. Okay. But I, my assumption is, is that by maybe the end of tonight to tomorrow night, this team will clinch that third spot. So as of right now, we're just going to go ahead and assume that the six teams in the the top of the West have been decided. Which means we look yeah. ahead here at the West Wild Card, which is a little bit less of a crapshoot but still a little wild. So I'm going to go through those top four teams, uh, mostly because below that is pretty much out of it. Um, that the they are, fifth, Actually, I think all of them are out. Yeah, I think statistically they're all out. Um, the closest one being St. Louis, who has a 500 winning percentage with 77 games played, five left. So that's probably not going to get it done. So we talk about these top four teams. Uh, number one, Seattle. To me, the only thing preventing them from being in the uh, – the top three is the fact that the top three in their division has 103 points, 100 points, and 99 points, respectively. Yeah. They had yeah. 92 points with a 42, 26, and 8 season. What a season for Seattle. What a bounce right? back. Like, this is – what a bounce back. What a season. And really exciting stuff happening there in Seattle. And they still look strong down the stretch here. It's not like they've – uh They've kind of, you know, tapered off down the stretch. That's not what's preventing them from the top three. Just what's preventing from the top three is the other three teams that have those spots just had it. fucking great seasons and got those points. But, um, you know, you look at Seattle and you get excited about what's happening there. They have a great team. They have good scoring. They have solid goaltending. Philip Grubauer had a bounce back here, which is awesome. Um, and uh, who's the other kid in Seattle? What's Martin, Jones? Martin Jones. Is it Martin Jones, right? Yeah. Still? Yeah. Get some... Yeah. Martin Jones and Philip Grubauer 
carrying that fucking team. I I love I love every second of it because uh, I was I was kind of on the Martin Jones bandwagon if he's not as bad as people thought he was, and uh, and here we are. He's in the playoffs, baby. Um, also got to look at Winnipeg. Seventy-seven games played at eighty-nine points, three points behind Seattle. Oh, by the way, Seattle has seventy-six games played, so they have, um. They have a game in hand, six games uh, in hand, a game in hand over Winnipeg and Calgary, same amount of games left as Nashville, but Winnipeg 77 games played 89 points, three points behind uh, Mm -hmm. Seattle, Calgary, 77 games played five in hand at 87 points. They are two points behind Winnipeg for that second wild card and Nashville with 76 games played six in hand, 84 points. They are five points out of that second wild card spot. This one I feel like kind of speaks for itself. I don't foresee maybe Calgary catching Winnipeg, but I don't foresee anybody catching Seattle. And I don't see Nashville catching either of those three teams, let alone the two at the top. So I think this one's pretty much spoken for. I'm leaning towards uh, Seattle and Winnipeg wind up being the two wildcard spots. Uh, But what do you guys uh, think about the Western wildcard here? Mm, Dude, imagine if, uh, uh, the biggest blockbuster trade that happened in the offseason, both those teams wind up missing the playoffs and the right. Calgary and Florida. Right. Yes. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen, man. I think Calgary will overtake that last spot. You think so? Yeah. They're playing I, hot right now. They're on a four-game win streak. That's true. Right. So I, I think they'll take that spot. Um, Might come down to the last game, but I think they'll take it. So I got Seattle, Calgary. I mean, Seattle, Calgary, that's obviously good. I mean, look, Calgary's only two points away from Winnipeg. It's definitely, it's definitely doable, right? Um, I don't know. I just feel like when, because Winnipeg's on a win streak right now too. They're also looking good, um, but maybe not as good as Calgary. It's six, two, and two in their last ten. But Adam, what say you? At first, I was going to say I think Nashville leapfrogs Calgary and Winnipeg. Then I really? looked at the streak and well, hold on. Then I looked at the streaks that the two other teams had, uh, plus the games in hand, and I'm like, mm, I don't know if Nashville's going to have the steam to do it. At the same time, I know Winnipeg's apparently been having issues. Um, it sounds like they're having um, drive issues, for lack of a better way of putting it. I know there seems to be like just issues across the board. It seems mm-hmm. like internally with Winnipeg. To the point that I know they were talking, I think it was the head coach was talking about trying to get guys more ice time uh, to maybe try and shake things up. Nikolai Ehlers was actually the, the main person that they were talking about because um, right. he's been kind of quiet from what I've gathered and what I've heard. Uh, if anyone, any Winnipeg fans are listening, you can chime in and let us know how accurate that is. It's well, It seems like there's some issues in Winnipeg. Um, Calgary Seems to be having their own issues. They're not nearly as strong as they were uh, last season for obvious reasons. Uh, the loss of Johnny Gaudreau, um, Matthew, Matthew Kachuk. Kachuk. Right. So, so I mean, yeah, but they I, I they got they got um, Uyghur and uh, and Huberdo. Huber, like, those are solid. But Huberdo isn't anywhere near what he was when they traded for. Him. No, that's a very so, good point. So it's kind of like, not to mention, it seems like Sutter's starting to lose the room. 
because I'm pretty sure I heard that there were players that were looking to refuse coming back if Sutter was still there. So yeah, I there's a lot of that. internal issues going on that could affect these teams going down the stretch, which is why I thought maybe Nashville could squeeze in. But I just I don't know if the math is necessarily on their side with you know the, the remaining games that they have. So right. I I think Seattle's a lot. Like I'm not even there's nothing really to talk there. I think Seattle's a lot agreed for that, that first yeah. position. And right. I think it's gonna be a, a dog fight between Winnipeg and Calgary. Uh, I guess pun intended because you know, Jets. <laughs> but um it's it, it's gonna come down to whoever gets hot, another pun intended. Um, and where you know the team starts to the kind of click and start rolling. Right. And you know it I agree with you. I just don't think Nashville is going to catch up to Winnipeg or Calgary, but that's last, definitely last a, week I did. This right. week, I, not so much. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a matchup to look at. I, I do think that it's one of those two teams that winds up with that last wild card spot. I just don't, I don't see Winnipeg letting it go, and uh, and maybe that's the the reason was the the I remembered the Suter thing, uh, the head coaching issues that they're having there in Calgary, and the players like kind of uprising against Suter a little bit there. So. Um, yeah, I'm saying Seattle, Winnipeg, I think, uh, fish said, uh, you said Seattle, Winnipeg as well. Yes. Oh, no, right. I said and Seattle, Calgary. I said, Kate. yeah, you said Seattle, Calgary. Uh, and, and Adam, your pick is Seattle. Who knows? <laughs> no, I'm going to be an yeah. asshole. I'm going to say Seattle, Nashville. Fuck it. No, he's doing it. He's doing it. Fuck it. <laughs> throw just throw it in the fucking bucket. Why not? Right. Um, one of us I mean, be look, right. <laughs> by the time we start recording next week, the playoffs will be decided, I think. Right? Oh, no. No. no, 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 no. I don't be. believe so. No. There's a chance that they're close. not, right? The wild cards could be could be tight. I don't know, man. I feel like we There will be some teams whose seasons are over, and there will be some who are still playing. So definitely next okay, week's gonna on. be interesting when... as well. But we will cross that start? bridge when we get to it. Um, but unless you guys have any other NHL related news here, that's going to do it for the old pop. Uh, no, uh, I mean, should we mention the Breer son thing that came out today or yesterday? Screw Carson. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares about Danny Breer's son? Well, just to, just to report it, Carson Breer, Danny Breer's son, um, in lieu of the uh, actions that he took, um, which if you don't know about them, go ahead and hit up Twitter. They're all over the place. Um, he has been removed from the Mercyhurst hockey team, which I believe is just a D1 club program anyways. Uh, and it's the second team that he's been removed from because he was also removed from Arizona State's team. So uh, maybe just not a guy that you uh, you want to hang out with, Carson Breer. Just a, a total possibility there. Yeah, <laughs> um, but also, One other thing, since I am thinking about it, uh, right. condolences out to the Mitch Cobbs because they, uh, they recently found their – uh, the body of their father, uh, who may or may not have been killed. We're not going to speculate, but definitely want to send our condolences out to the uh, the Mitchkov brothers. I think it's Mamatvi. I don't know how you pronounce his first name, but one of them is in the uh, the upcoming draft, the, the Bedard draft, as it's so-called, top prospect. Oh, uh, like I said, they just found... Earlier today, his father that had passed away. So condolences out to them. Not going to speculate on anything that's going on, uh, because you know it, it's it's a weird situation out in in Russia. But definitely yeah. want to give condolences out to them in these uh, unfortunate times for them. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. I didn't even know that story, so thanks for uh, uh, getting that out there, it's, Adam. It's a whole thing. So it's, it's a it thing. It is. It is. Um, but as always, everybody, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate every single one of you that hits play on our episodes. But after you hit play, if you could go ahead and hit up those socials at OTPP pod on both Twitter and Instagram. And after you hit those follow buttons, you can go ahead and click that link in the bio and head to our merch store. It is getting hot outside, folks, even yes. in the northern Atlantic area. It was 70 outside today, 70 Ooh. degrees. You know what you need? You need T-shirts. And we have t-shirts, all colors, new designs. We got stuff for you here. So go ahead to those merch stores and get what you need for the summer months. Adam, go ahead and plug the Twitch. Twitch.tv slash on the power play. Nothing new to report because, yeah, Twitch.tv slash on the power play. Follow it. Watch all the VODs. Tell us what you think. Give us some ideas. I'm open to all creative ideas. So uh, hit us up on the socials. Follow the Twitch. Twitch.tv slash on the power play yeah guys adam does great stuff there and like he said you can go watch stuff that he has already done on video on demand there on twitch so even if you miss his live streams whenever he gets around to doing those there is video on demand for your watching vod vod as always folks thank you so much for listening and we out